Okay. Are you about to tell me that they kind of correspond with the six days of creation? Yes. Oh my word. Yes. Okay. I'm kind of excited. Right, I'm like, there. I'm enjoying this. Okay, let's okay. go. Okay. So the first one feels a little too good to be true by the end of it. Okay. Let's go. Sounds like let's Providence. Go. Okay, okay, okay. So, it seems like so <laughs> the, the POT, the first passage of time, the pot. Hello, and welcome to the Inconclusive Podcast, where we randomly select topics and argue about them. Coming up Inconclusive, my name is James. My name is Abigail. And my name is Candice. All three of us are educators at an international school in Taiwan and bring wildly different perspectives to the table. Be sure to follow us on social media at The Inconclusive Podcast on Instagram and Facebook or email us at theinconclusivepodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. It's important to note that our individual opinions do not necessarily reflect those of our employer. Okay, let's begin. Hey, listeners, welcome back. Today we are wrapping up our series on space with our final episode on space for this round. I'm your host, Candice, with my two co-hosts here, James and Abigail. Hey. What up? Today's topic is the Genesis Code as a viable theory or convenient myth of creation versus evolution. Wait, Candace, I thought this was an episode on space. It is on space because I'm looking at how space works in the terms of time. So Ah. it's like kind of a doctrine episode, but also time, space, weirdness. I'll allow it. Yeah, because we're going to talk about the cosmos a lot and the cosmic clock. Abigail, the allower of topics. Yes, (laughs) the allower of space topics. I feel like you're our filter for space topics. Only because I always want to talk about aliens. Yes. So are we going to talk about like when God created aliens too? We're going to talk about God being an alien Uh, and starting things up, you know, if that's that's what you want to view creation story as. (sighs) I wouldn't categorize God as a life form though. Yeah, but he's not of earth. He's alien in the adjective sense. That's not the definition of alien though. It is for the adjective. You can't say he is alien, or he isn't. He isn't a alien, but he is alien or foreign in some way. Yeah, you know, James, because he's not of this world. You know, he made. This I don't world. think you are. I don't think that us humans are allowed to say <laughs> that God is foreign. That's fair. I also feel doctrinally speaking, like though we do. I think a, if we, anything we is foreign, it's us. <laughs> I do feel like we say a lot of things though about what God is and isn't that doctrinally we probably shouldn't. Mm. Like old white man with a beard, doctrinally unsound. I've never have I said that. No, I wasn't saying you did. I was oh, saying we as we? in as a, we oh, as a, as a not us three. Oh, I no, got it. I'm like, three. what have I? <laughs> Stop calling Jesus an old white man or calling God an old white man, James. Gosh. I'm not. He's Middle Eastern. <laughs> Candace, what do you think about Middle Eastern men? Anyways, the Genesis Code. <laughs> Dodged that. Before I get into what it is, I am curious to know, what do you think about the origin of the universe? God created it. I mean, yeah, but God like, made it. God made it. Okay. How? However he wanted. Okay, so do you say big bang that God was let there be light and that's the big bang? Sure. Okay. I don't care. <laughs> I, I think feel it's like that's very very a uh, cop out of me though. I feel like um I was I grew up here. I grew up with the whole very literal seven days is seven days, mm-hmm. uh, twenty four hour periods of time. The earth is 
um, 6,000 years old, you know that because you add all the lineages up or whatever and of whenever anyone died and that's where you arrive at this number and <clears throat> all of that. And I think that that could be true. I don't think that that would be beyond God's capabilities. Mm-hmm. But I've also like as an adult rub shoulders with a lot of people who I really respect who believe in more of a God used evolution to create the world. He kind of started with, with, um, like he created Adam and Eve separately, but then started the rest of creation kind of microbial, microbially and just mm. let it start itself. It's like clockmaker. Theory. Yeah, kind of, yeah. except for then humanity being created separate. Um, interesting distinction. Yeah. And then I've, you know, I've run the gamut of, with people believing different things mm-hmm. about the creation. And I think I kind of have landed on the side of like, I know that God created it and God's outside of time and in capabilities. And I don't really care so much how I think that he created it because I don't, I believe that any time that I could slam myself down into a box and be like, this is how it happened. I, I, I worry that internally I'm saying that he couldn't have done it another way. Mm. Um, which I don't think that I think God could do whatever he wants. I think I'd agree with that. Yeah. I think it's one of those things that I think doesn't be like, once we get past God created it, the details of it don't really matter for salvation mm-hmm. yeah. or really anything. Yeah. 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 And I feel, I feel like I do have some strong opinions about certain things that don't matter for salvation. Creation is <laughs> one of them. <laughs> Aliens. <laughs> but creation is definitely not one of those things that I have a super strong opinion on. I, mm. I feel like some people really do, though. Mm-hmm. I grew up around people who were like, if you don't believe in the seven literal days of creation, are you really a Christian? Dang. Kind of people. Um, and so I do know that that kind of like deep... It's a deep conviction. Conviction of some people Mm -hmm. exists. It's just not mine, I guess. That's (laughs) That's cool. Candice, what about you? Um, I think that there's... (laughs) So so this code, I actually really like. And my my dad actually introduced me this code. And I would say he is a literal seven-day creationist. And I can, I can see the viability of this, of the seven or the sixth day, because like if God created Adam as a full grown man, he could create something. If he created anything, he could create things to look old. You know, I can see that, that he could create the Grand Canyon to look like it was millions of years old, even though it wasn't. Oh, have you heard that. that theory that the Grand Canyon was only carved out that way because of a global flood? I have yeah, heard that. Like, but the only yeah, way yeah, yeah. for rocks and soil to erode Mm-hmm. The other alternative is a massive catastrophic event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I don't wild. know if that's a viable. I mean, you know, it's one of those like old There's documentaries like- with this guy that's, <laughs> are you a pastor? Or are you a scientist? Yeah. Kind of thing. <laughs> Who knows? I love those though, because there's like a lot of different ones that are out there with actually specifically flood. Mm-hmm. Like most, most. Epic of Gilgamesh has a flood. I was going to say most. Um, tribes or groups mm-hmm. of people, even unreached Native ones, Americans. even ones that are unreached, have flood stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one of those things that unites like all, almost all, all cultures. cultures. Almost yeah. all cultures have them, and then there's all kinds of weird mix-ups in different in different areas mm-hmm. of different fossils that should be in different. I, I, I don't know. I really like that because it's just kind of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whenever I teach Epic of Gilgamesh, then I always like 
point out to kids like don't you or students don't you see like oh there's a random serpent that like steals a fruit from the person that those are two elements that sound kind of familiar also (laughs) there was a man that supposedly is really old and had a really big boat that he had animals on isn't this also sound familiar and kind of make them look and see like maybe there's a little bit more credence to to some of the stories that you've heard in bible class than you think for the non-christian kids for sure um but okay so let me tell you about this theory that that i found out about so when I was thinking about this episode, I went back to go look for it and I forgot it was made into a movie. So you remember how there was a string of movies made by like a church that had partnership with like a film like company outside of Atlanta, Georgia or somewhere near in the South that made like Facing the Giants and all that. And then I feel like after that, there were also have since been like dozens of movies that are like a Christian group somehow in combination with a film crew and they're just cranking out movies all the time. So there's one that was made in like 2010 that's called the Genesis Code. The story is kind of nonsense. It's literally built around about 45 minutes of it. The middle of it is them explaining this this theory walking through a museum. It's literally the movie is made so that people can watch and walk through the the theory and it makes sense uh, from from layman's terms all the way through. And it's so like the the movie itself is not that good, but that's where I first heard about this theory and I looked it up. And when I went back to prepare for this episode, then I found his essentially it's a TED talk. The the author that wrote the book he made a talk at a conference Wait, wrote called. Wrote the book or or made the movie? So so I have figured out which comes first because the movie was 2010, and the earliest date that I can find that this book was published is like 2011 or 12, and I can't tell. It's like on its third or fourth edition. It was a national finalist for a bunch of different awards and international book award winner. And and it's like 2013 book of the year with a couple of different groups. It's just like. So I think it's it's had multiple editions, mm. and I can't tell which came first, if it was the movie or the book first, but this guy seems to be the one that came up with the theory, at okay. least. And I think this talk came out before the movie, and I think maybe he partnered with the movie. I don't know. But um, this conference in Canada called Idea City... It's Moses Nimer's conference. Moses Zimer. It's I've heard like, of the Idea City and the Canada Idea City thing. Yeah, it's like his TED Talk, yeah. essentially, is like or his group, that's his conference. And I think he's like a media mogul. He owns a couple different companies. But um, so he has people come in and talk about stuff. And you can tell how dated this talk is because he references, oh, yeah, we just learned about those 3D printers over there. Like, <laughs> I'm like, yep, <laughs> those are big. And um, so he says that he has these blueprints in his house. He's an aerospace engineer. He's, and he works with uh, physics engineering and something else on his bio is what it says. And he has blueprints in his house that he um, is able to read engineering blueprints enough that you could tell it's for his house. Mm -hmm. And so he was reading the lines and figuring it out and he can tell which room is which, and he can see the design in it. And so he thought, he was thinking about what is the design that we can see for the universe. And, and so then he was like, well, we don't really have like a frame of reference because on blueprints, there's a scale at the bottom that says one inch equals 
eight feet or whatever. And so he's looking at the scale and able to read the rest of the papers and that's mm. how it can survive. So he was like, the, that's the problem is that scientists and uh, creationists oftentimes, or like if scientists that are evolutionists instead of creationists are disagreeing on the scale of things. Like mm. people either are saying it's millions of years or they're saying that it's six days or that it's thousands of years. And so we can't agree on a scale. And he says, he claims that he figured out the scale. He's also, it seems like, a little bit of a conspiracy theorist, just a touch, just a tidbit. So oh, definitely. I'm, so I'm, I'm curious to see what you all think about it. And we'll be right back after this break. And welcome to Elusive Illusions with Candace, where I do not do magic with illusions, but explain references used in film, music, or literature. Today's illusion is volcano. Volcano means a mountain or hill, typically conical, having a crater or vent through which lava, rock fragments, hot vapor, and gas are being or have been erupted from the Earth's core. It came from Vulcan, the Roman god of fire, who, because he was the god of destructive fire, had temples located outside of the city proper, Rome. We hear this allusion used in the neoclassic Disney cartoons Atlantis and Treasure Planet, both of which have destructive volcanoes as a part of the story's climax. Here's how you would use this allusion in a sentence. I think we just awoke that dormant volcano. Run, volcano. We're back. Before the break, we were talking a little bit about uh, the author of the Genesis One Code, also known as Daniel Friedman. He's an aerospace engineer. I think he's from Central or South America and moved to Canada. Um, but he wrote this book back in the early 2010s. And the premise of it is that there is a scale that is constant or constant from a certain perspective for time in the universe that creationists and evolutionists have disagreed on for how the earth, how old the earth is mm. and that it's all about perspective. That was something that really threw me for this. So I'll tell you what the scale it's is. It's all about perspective? Yeah. And the scale? Okay. Yes. Okay. But you're going to explain that. I'm going to explain it. Okay. So, so uh, have you all heard of CBR? Cosmic background radiation. It sounds familiar. Yeah, but I don't. I would not say that. If I have heard of it, I do not know it well. I sometimes listen to the radio. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. You're yes. right. <laughs> so one of the the things that I found is that the remnants of the Big Bang. That's, that's what they so say. that's what they say it is, and uh, it's a Ooh, light source. Right. It's a light source that was found in '64 by uh, two astronomers. '64, 1964. Oh, they discovered like you know, it's, you know when you've heard like when they turn to a certain frequency and you hear static yeah. on the yeah, radio. Yeah. That's cosmic background radiation. Right. It's just oh, the, the static you could hear it on the radio. Yeah, you can actually. Oh. <laughs> that's the that's a cosmic background radiation to a point. Um, yeah, so they, they called it cosmic aliens. background radiation, or CBR. I mean, I would say, but you that's what? okay. I said some say that that sound is from aliens. That's also true. And I said I would say. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it could kind of work both ways in a way. So they they say that it came from the Big Bang, and 
at the moment, the Big Bang, the temperature in a plasma mass was like 11 trillion degrees uh, Celsius. And the, it was the frequency of CBR now. And but but the original frequency was a lot faster. It was three trillion cycles per second, and now it's slowed down because the universe has cooled and and space has stretched, and the wavelength of CBR has slowed down to um, three cycles per second. So from three trillion cycles per so second. So as to three the frequency slows, the scale changes. Yeah, because think about uh, it as like a light source. That's the only light source of the universe. And, and so, time is tied to light. And time is tied to light. <laughs> you get that, Abigail? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll explain it again in a different way. So, like, Basically, the measurement of time has changed as the frequency of this radiation has decreased, yes. is what I'm understanding. Yeah, that's, it's known as the cosmic clock. Meaning... So, like, thousands of years, in our view, currently could have been much longer back then? That's like, what I was going like to ask. Like, a day is... Like, imagine if we were like let's say a billion years ago, then the person who their frame of reference or the being who their frame of reference is that cosmic background radiation could be seeing 24 hours as 10,000 years or 50,000 years. But it, I feel like, years. wait, wait, but it would be sped up though it's, at the time of the down. radiation. It's slowed yeah, down now. It's, it was huge back then. It was like huge, like three trillion. But I wonder if it's one of those things that when you're in it, you don't notice it yeah. because you're living in it. Right, right. Relative. No, no, but I mean, yes. <laughs> but when it, ha this is, I think where I'm stuck. Big bang. Yeah. Or whatever. This plasma thing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Let there be light. Let there be light has happened. Time is moving faster. Yes. Okay. So then, so 24 hours now, one day now might not actually be the same measurement of 24 hours. It would be less hours by the same way we're measuring it now, but we wouldn't call exactly. it different because you don't feel it different. Exactly. Actually, that would make a lot of sense as or, to why people lived so long in the Bible, though. Like when you're talking about people living true. 500 years, you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. But that's really only yeah. 100 years. Like, and that the was way before we're the flood. It. Like that was a long time, time ago. ago. Okay, okay. I'm I'm on board. I'm on yeah. board. I'm on board. Wait, with didn't this. people live really long after the flood too? No, no. the flood cut it off. Oh. It was there's, like okay. Right there's before. a whole theory about there's that. There's a theory about the flood that and there's the water above where the there's pressurized. Yep, right. there's a whole theory right. about it. And also with the Abigail like, and and I just had like <laughs> a sign language conversation. That's not really sign language, but we're like motioning. The water yep. above breaking flood, people die. Wow, succinct. <laughs> Sink. Why use many? Oh, that was a that was a boat pun. My son sinked. So sinked. <laughs> My son. Hey, son. <laughs> Never mind. So so just to give you like a a little more of a breakdown of it. So they they break up this universal expansion into six pieces much like the six days. Oh, my flip yes. flop. So the first one would have been about... Wait, wait, wait. wait. They breaking it down. Like they, the they, The alien. The, oh. The they God. being this guy... No, scientists. So so a Creationist scientists. No, no, no. no, scientists. no, no. All like scientists. All scientists. Evolution scientists. <laughs> well, I mean, not Evolutionary all scientists. Yeah, scientists. So people who are looking at the age of the universe as billions and trillions of years, they break it up into six steps. Bro, okay. Or six pieces. Are you about to tell me that they... 
kind of corresponded with the six days of creation. Yes. Oh my word. Yes. Okay. I'm kind of excited. Right, I'm like, there. I'm enjoying this. Okay, let's okay. go. Okay. Get so there. the first one. Someone's going to have to disagree because this is an inconclusive <laughs> podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's inconclusive because it feels a little too good to be true by the end of it. Okay, let's go. Sounds like <laughs> Providence. Okay, okay, okay. So, I think it's like so, Providence. <laughs> The, the P.O.T., the first passage of time, the pot, so to speak. The first, that's how it's abbreviated. So the first passage of time which is about the pot theory. Eight, eight billion years. That's how so, they came up with it. Oh. Is the passage of time. Okay, like, yeah. Yeah. All right. So so six pots, so to speak. That first day, that first pot is six or is eight billion years. So during this time, Earth is expanding and space and time stretch like a trillion times. And their increased wavelength in the CBR light wave begins. Like it's starting to get longer, but it still is really high because it's it's still way up there in the beginning. It's like the crest of a of a uh, tsunami wave. It's still really really tall and so time is still moving faster than we would measure it now now. exactly but we would experience it kind of the same way because time is relative right because we just mark it how we mark it but our year now Mm -hmm. is shorter than a year then by a lot it's longer wait Think, think like current time is slow their past time is moving way faster okay yeah past time is fast current time is slow got it yeah um, so that first one is like day one of Genesis, Genesis verses one to five, yeah, chapter be one, light. beginning, Boom. the earth was formless without mm-hmm. void, darkness hovered over the deep, which mm-hmm. side question, I am curious, uh, like we can put that in another pocket later, but I don't know what the heck is darkness, like there was darkness over the waters or no, no, no. I've heard that hovered over the, the waters. It's not waters. It's the deep. It's the it's chaos. It's chaos. Yeah. Oh. It's order out of chaos. But then it says the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. And then he said, let there be light. But there's well, a water. You have to realize that this is written by a poet. Well, Someone Moses. Someone have science words. <laughs> well, yeah, because what was the most chaotic, mysterious thing from an oh. ancient Near Eastern perspective they, and they had is like the Mediterranean. Chaos, but they had chaos associations with water in general. Exactly. Like water was a symbol yeah. of... Ca- mm-hmm. Oh! It's not literal. It's, symbol, it's symbolic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's that piece. And this makes Sorry, sense. Sorry, I said that first. like I was the definitive expert on <laughs> Genesis, which I'm not. So don't take, take that with a grain of whatever spice you would like. <laughs> So, th- so it makes sense for that to be in this first eight billion years. And then day two is uh, the heavens as we know them, they came into existence. What does that and mean? Like stars and yeah, stuff? Yeah. So the Milky Way would have formed a uh, sudden planet on its own, like all, everything coming together. And it also works for this timestamp because that like per, or pot, pot number two, the... Uh, yeah, yeah. I forgot what passage of time, yeah, is four b- billion years. And in that passage of time, like from our reference back, that makes sense for that to be when planets and suns and everything came together. Day yeah. three also makes sense. It's um, when oceans and dry land appeared, first form of plant life. Bro. And according to paleontology, about 1.75 billion years ago to 750 million years ago, the earth cooled liquid water formed huh. and and almost immediately the first plant and animal life photosynthetic bacteria and algae are around i'm into this you're into this and it's just i don't want to get your hopes up because it's looking too good to be true so far and on that note we're going to take a quick break
Hello, and welcome to Hilarious Happenings in History, where I explore strange but true events from human history. Today's event is a disrobed Russian president outside the White House. In September of 1995, U.S. President Bill Clinton and Russian President Boris Yeltsin met in Washington, D.C. to discuss important matters of international relations. One evening, Secret Service agents alerted President Clinton that his esteemed guest was found on Pennsylvania Avenue hailing a cab. He was in his underwear and totally blacked out. When asked what he was doing, Yeltsin said that he just wanted pizza. According to Taylor Branch's book titled The Clinton Tapes, Yeltsin slurred his words in a loud argument with the baffled agents. He did not want to go back into Blair House where he was staying. He wanted a taxi to go out for pizza. Although Yeltsin ended up getting some pizza, this event became perhaps the most embarrassing moment by a foreign dignitary while on visit to the White House. Thanks for listening to Hilarious Happenings in History. Catch you next time. And we're back. Before the break, we were talking about the first few days of creation. Are we on pot three? We are on pot three. We're on the passage of time number three, according to this theory that supposedly unites together creationists and evolutionary theory about the origins of the universe. It lines up for all six days. I'm just going to spoil our alert. It lines up for all of them for the most part. Um, There's, there was a little bit of distinction at, 10 years ago, or almost, I guess, 12 years ago, whenever this not TED Talk, but kind of TED Talk was was given at the conference by Friedman, he said that when Isn't he Isn't it wrote, just called a lecture? Yeah, I just think it was a <laughs> TED Talk now. Like It's, it's, a, just, it's a lecture on a stage with a microphone and giant projector Like before in the back. TED Talks existed, those were just called lectures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, I think, didn't TED exist by this point? This would have been 2000, yeah, 2012 is when he delivers. I feel like TED's been around for like, at least 15 years. But in the 1800s, when someone goes on a stage and talks for <laughs> a long even time. But so even when it's not TED, if someone goes on a stage, it's still called, it's a, still called a lecture. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If it's not a but, TED talk, when you it's grab, a lecture. When you grab a tissue, do you call it a tissue mostly or do you call it a Kleenex? I call it a tissue. I call it a tissue. <sighs> Marketing capitalist got you. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. Anyways. Okay, wait, so day four. So day four. I mean, it all lines up, right? It Years still lines up. Like, Except for, well, day so. Day six. There's, there's a, there Ooh, was one of the frames that. How do they explain that, human? Well, I don't, so he, so he kind of says like, that, so he acknowledges the holes in his theory, but before he acknowledges, he says, well, so current science, uh, when I first wrote this theory, and I did the math, it, current science was off by a million years with one of these brackets, but they've since gotten closer. Like, I remember when he first had it, it was something like 30 million years ago versus uh, uh, 21 million years ago, and science pulled it up to like 26 million years ago, like it was a little bit closer to 30. And um, I don't remember if that was the exact number, but he was like breaking it down and saying, all in all, science and and the Bible agree in these time frames if the cosmic background radiation or the cosmic clock, quote unquote, is used as the frame of reference Honestly, because God is telling the story to it Moses. Sounds like it sounds like day age theory, mm-hmm. which is that the days of creation were not literal, but 
long epochs of time. Mm-hmm. It's basically it. It's basically it, but it's scaled. Yeah. With each day getting shorter and shorter. Right. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Yep. I mean, okay. It sounds interesting, but then it's really hard to find material on it, which is why I'm skeptical still a little bit of it. I wish, and I kind of want, because it because it's so easy and it wraps things up so nicely, because there's numbers, there's formula, like it makes sense. But if he's saying that the science was off by a million years, mm-hmm. and then since then the science has caught up to what he was doing. It got doing, closer, yeah. I mean... I think that, okay, so here's my kind of opinion with this. I'm wondering if, like, the lack of, like, current information about it mm-hmm. kind of comes from maybe a, a, tradition, a traditionalist point of view from Christianity. Mm. Um, I know that not all church traditions believe in the literal, um, like, seven days, and not all people part of church traditions who believe, who the tradition might believe, not all Christians do, but it's very common mm-hmm. um, and and very prevalent, at least in America, and I would assume Canada too, that it's seven literal days. And if you're not reading seven literal days, then a big part of it comes to then you're not, if you're not going to take that literally, why would you agree with anything else in the Bible? If you can't agree on this one part, why would you want to believe anything else? Right. And so I, I, I wonder if maybe some of this is not having new research is because no Christians, like from all of these, like they, won't pla- they don't want to back mm-hmm. it because... It's not getting sold at Lifeway. But I think it's... Right, it's not getting sold at Lifeway. But it's kind of... It fits both. Yeah. Because they're basically saying that the, I, the concept of a day, it's still a day, but a day is different. Right, but I'm, I'm just thinking like you, through... Yeah. I'm just thinking through my my upbringing a little right. bit. It, like, it would make sense why it's not getting spotlighted because it's too bipartisan in yeah, a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, it's exactly it. That's a really good way to look at it. Kind of like you have the people who are the literalists mm-hmm. and you have the people who aren't. And you have and the literal, like the the purist evolutionist too. Yeah, you, yeah. you have like, the opposite sides. Mm-hmm. And then this is two in the middle, right? Like it's too moderate. And mm-hmm. we're, But it's not though, because it's still saying that God is orchestrating it. And a hardline evolutionist scientist would still say that we don't know what caused the Big that's Bang. True. Yeah. That's right. why, true. I think it alienates both sides probably. That's why. is because it's saying God did it, but not really creating it. It's the evolution still did it. I think that people are afraid that if they acknowledge that God could have used something different than just immediate production, Mm -hmm. that it diminishes his might. Mm. That's what I think. That's a very good summary of that. And I just don't think that that's true. Mm. (laughs) Like, I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier. I feel like by saying that he had to create it in a certain specific way, way, in the way that we imagine it, is saying that he couldn't create it in a different way. And right. then no matter however many times you want to say, but I'm not saying he can't, he just didn't, you are a little bit taking away his power to use some long process and to be able to, like, think of how, okay, so let's just say that this is how God created the world, that this is it. This is how the universe was formed. How amazing is it that science again, lines Mm -hmm. up exactly to what the Bible said Mm -hmm. in these exact ways, right? Even though it's not a literal 24-hour period, like as we would experience 24-hour period of time. But like it 
forces people who wouldn't otherwise maybe even take any credence towards a creationist theory at all to take a second look at it. And I feel like that is more powerful than God having, I mean, powerful for humanity and the future and salvation story, all of that, than God having just done what we all know he can and Mm -hmm. poofed it. Yeah. But so I'm curious about the other end of the pendulum swing. So you said, is it what I, what I think I heard you say a minute ago is that um, how cool is it that God would use, could use this way, but is it our place to say that he can't use, like, or can't use this way, that he has to use it, he has to do the poof genie method right, of, right. like, suddenly there's a thing there um, instead of using something else. And I think maybe people on those seven-day literal creationists end, or the six-day end of the spectrum might say, is it our place to decide yeah. that or to say that he would use something else. Like you said, removing his power from the equation. I think when you start to get into like very being a very, very, very literal literalist, not Mm. contextually, not taking type of writing into account, all of that. Right. We, you start to feel trapped in a sense that things have to be in a certain way, because if this didn't happen in literal six, 24 hour, as I would know, poofed, because that's kind of how it reads, right? Mm-hmm. Then what is to say that Jesus was born to a virgin? And what is to say that he died for our Just sins? And what's to say that he didn't rise to Like they take it as burdens. a license to intentionally misinterpret the rest of scripture? Yeah. And intentionally yeah. misinterpret the whole thing as metaphor. I, I talked to someone recently that said that the entire Bible is a parable. like, And that it's he, he claimed that it was spiritually blinding to look at the historical context of books. And I was shocked. I was like, but it would make sense to go down that rabbit hole if you're starting in the very first book of the Bible, first chapter, and you're like, surely this can't be literal, you know? But it's so, it's just so, um, I don't know. It's not really strange to me. That's what I was going to say at first, because I do understand how people would get there. But taking everything absolutely literally, without considering context, without considering type of writing, without considering... um, I mean, by context, I mean like, like just the context of like in chapter, but also context of, you know, social, societal, all of those things, right? I think when we start to do that too much, or even people who take it mostly literal or not, or with a little bit of it, I think when we start to take things too literally that have other ways that it can come, like, like the creation story, for example, right? That it's clearly there's more to it probably than just a poofed six days, right? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of scientific evidence to support that there's more to it than that. Um, But then when we start to hold on to it so hard, we start to alienate the idea of like that God is confined to what we like the literalness of what we know. We start to confine him to the Bible without letting him also exist in, in our current context as well. And with that, we'll take a break. Welcome to Fun Facts with Abigail. Did you know that four babies are born every second? Every second, we welcome four new babies into our overall population. If you did the math, then you would know that that means that there are approximately 250 births each minute, 15,000 each hour, 360,000 each day. 
In a full year, there are around 131.4 million babies born on Earth. This has been Fun Facts with Abigail. Catch you next time. Welcome back. Before the break, we were talking about our reactions to this theory, whether or not it could make sense, how viable we think it is. And we started talking about the potential slippery slope that we could fall into with reading Genesis chapter one uh, and saying, oh, it's it's not literal. And then thinking the rest of the Bible must not be literal either. Um, yeah. So one follow up, I guess I have to that is there's there's another piece I left out of this that I want, I'm curious to know your thoughts. So oh, I think the author is maybe Jewish, Daniel Friedman, the aerospace engineer that came up with this theory. I that think doesn't discredit that. No, no, no. no oh, no, no. okay, Just okay. That he he like <laughs> brings in turn between biblical Genesis. He also equally brings up the oral tradition of Judaism, mm-hmm. and he like quotes a, a couple of different books in his presentation that are the, um, oh, I forget what they're called, but they're they're quoting like a particular rabbi, like a, from the Sanhedrin or um, from re- councils that they're part of the oral tradition and that they were written down. And there's a creation account in the oral tradition that breaks down the hour of when things came up to existence. And he also figured out the the math there and it still worked. That's fascinating. Which was just bizarre. Which also made me think, uh, oral tradition of of Jewish texts, what? Question mark? Like, can we talk about those for a second? But also, like, he one of the parts of the oral tradition was that uh, God created plants at, like, this time of day. He created man at, like, this time of day. Like, he created, he supposedly created uh, Adam at 3 o'clock p.m. on on like before sundown, you know, sundown being Sabbath. And so it's like one more and then done. And then, and and then Eve is just like, pop it out. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah. What are your thoughts? (laughs) I don't really know where to go with that. Just knowing that that exists. I kind of, okay. So I love that, Mm -hmm. but I think it kind of goes back into my whole, um, like feelings maybe about, about like being too literal sometimes with it as well, because I think it works out, right? If it, right. like it, it this, the math still works out, even though it's not one of our accepted parts of our scripture as Christians, I think we need to be willing to look into other places that have some sort of like, like alongside of, right? Not, not to just say, not in hey, place, not, of not in place of, but like alongside of, right? Mm. Thing, historical texts, historical backgrounds, like things that have existed that you shouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater, <laughs> I think, it, so to speak, right? The Bible baby. The, well, no, 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 not the, not the Bible being the baby, but things like oral traditions mm-hmm. being passed down and, and other maybe books that aren't part of our, our, canonized set that might have nuggets of truth in there as well Mm. um, because of historical context. I think it's really convenient that it all lines up. Yeah. Sounds a little bit like is a confirmation bias where you Mm, you like see mm. that it works when you're looking for it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's also the reason why personality tests tend to define us well is confirmation bias. I love personality tests. That was not a beef against personality tests. Go ahead. But, like, I mean, it all works out if you're looking at the right thing f- for the right time period. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I, I guess, 
we just have to trust that he's done his research. Mm-hmm. And if it seems to line up with major time periods, even in from like uh, atheistic evolutionary point of view, then that could be nice. Could be like, I mean, I think it would be cool if by at the end of all of this, like if we do figure it out mm-hmm. and God was like, you were both right. <laughs> like science, you were right. And then everyone else, you literal people, you were also right. Yeah. You were just looking at reality. And I think that's just... From a different perspective. It's cool that time goes at different or is perceived at different rates or at scales because I think we can't really we can't really understand that. Mm-hmm. But I think it for, to me it affirms that God is outside of yeah. whatever we consider yeah. as time. Yeah, I would agree. Because like I mean he created like people are you know, people who say that like, oh, if God didn't poof the earth in seven days then you're like undermining his power. But mm-hmm. like he created laws of nature. Yeah. You know, like the law of like just the idea that this radiation wavelength changes perception of time. Mm-hmm. Like that's amazing. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like you can make a plant or you can make radio waves, you know, warp time, which, you know, I think that's powerful in its own way. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, as far as like, I mean, in my mind, this is one of those things that doesn't really hold eternal value in my mind, as long as we see God as the creator, mm. however he does that, I guess it's up to him. Mm-hmm. My 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 reaction, I think, at this point is like confirmation bias might be a little works out to be too convenient, but could be cool. Yeah, could be cool. I think I think I'm kind of half and half both. That like, yes, it would be really cool, and also it might be a little bit of confirmation bias in it. Um, just because he seems very confident in his math, and he ha- he gives his like charts of things, and he breaks it down, but. It definitely feels like the fact that just the fact that it was really hard for me to go back and find this again. Like I found a transcript of the the movie, the the Genesis Code, which is what I've been explaining the code from is the transcript of the movie. And it's it's posted on unityinchrist.com. Oh. So like the very reputable site. Yes, yes. And Genesis Productions LLC is like, I'm guessing Friedman's company that he made in order to produce this. I found out an LLC is just a company umbrella that you can make to protect yourself against Mm -hmm. uh, tomfoolery. Like if you accidentally flub an order on something or you flub a certain account, then they won't in like impound your house or impound your car or whatever. It's just a little protection umbrella. So you can just make one. You can make one for like $20. I'm pretty sure. Like he, like a couple other people I'm like been learning from, I've been taking a graphic design course online and the dude talks about how he has an LLC that costs him like $350 cause he had a lawyer make it and he, the lawyer charged by the hour. Coming soon, inconclusive podcast, LLC. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'm guessing, like, that he made the movie from his book or had people back his theory and and go from there. But, like, just the fact that it's so hard to find material other than his book and that movie that talks about it. I mean, people reviewed it, but it doesn't seem like it's really considered... And, and again, I don't know if it's anything more than 
the branches of Christianity that are a little yeah. six day not supporting it, and then evolutionary. Well, I just think of how hard it is it. to like, or how few. Okay, because you made the Lifeway comment, right? Yeah. Like, there's not a ton of different mainstream Christian bookstores mm-hmm. like that are out there that are like evangelical or theologically sound. You mm-hmm. know, like you can you can go to the Christian Science Reading Room if you want. But <laughs> it's a whole different thing. Um, but when you are starting to to kind of get into like the politics of organized religion then i think it would be really easy to keep something out that makes you uncomfortable mm. um because it's a little too convenient or because it isn't poof and mm-hmm. existence and that's what we believe um and i think of other kinds of things that have been generally kind of not mainstream talked about in christianity sometimes too kind of fall in the same thing mm. um maybe this is why a moderate candidate doesn't really work you need someone because it requires strong. both sides to make small concessions yeah. yeah whereas you could just go with your hardliner yeah on yeah. one side or the other and I, then I kind of the control like of a media. tiny concession stand like they had to make small concessions that they sell <laughs> like a tiny hot dog why does your brain dog? do that <laughs> Because I think in, in metaphor and poetry and symbolism. So just but like, you thought of a literal concession stand. <laughs> I'm also ADD. So. Oh, okay. But I was going to say, I think that also So you were thinking of small hot dogs. <laughs> Here, have a small ketchup. Small mustard. Have, have a tiny Coke. Um, relish this small relish. Oh. Ow. It makes me think, though, of the importance of, of understanding media and the control of media, too. And I would say this goes past just Christianity as as well like this in every in every area too though because if it really is just something that isn't being talked about because it's uncomfortable and a company like Lifeway has decided it goes against what they think and so they're not putting it out and so your average Joe Christian isn't looking for it or exposed to it because mm-hmm. it's not a, like the one brand of book Christian bookstores out there right or maybe it's a mom and pop one but you know what credence is it to that, you know, that the information just isn't there and it's not because it's not true or it's not worthy of attention or thought. It's just because, and I, and I would say that as well as a commentary on all kinds of media. That I think that goes back to what you all were saying a minute ago too, of um, what is considered mainstream Mm -hmm. is, but so I'm curious to know, or I'm wondering about, that that line of like James a minute ago you said that you don't consider this a core issue and Abigail you said this at the very beginning that you're like yeah. it doesn't really matter either way because God is sovereign but um do you think that because some people consider it a core issue that there's there I feel like there's most most conversations of theologically in the I Bible are considered they, a core issue well, by th- one group or another I think they consider it core issue because they view it as an argument of whether or not God is powerful enough mm. to do it. Yeah. And also or, it being or it's how an to issue, read the Bible. I, it's, yeah. Or it's a biblical interpretation issue, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It goes Which, back to like that book that I wanted to find that I saw in a Lifeway store and then was pulled from the shelves, the one that was about a guy and a girl dying and one oh, going yeah. to hell and one going to heaven and the book being about them trying to find each other or help each other, and I never found it again. I think it got pulled from shelves Yeah, because it's like theologically... Gray, yeah, gray, yeah. wishy washy. Well, I would say, so. I think like this is a manifestation of biblical interpretation, which I would think is a core issue that Christians ought to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, we shouldn't, it's sort of like treating the symptom instead of the cause yeah, yeah, if we're yeah, fighting yeah. over like the small manifestation of 
our understanding because really you're fighting over biblical interpretation. Right. Yeah. So just fight over that. Like don't fight over the. Days I mean, you can fight ages. over it, but like don't hurt yourself or each other over. Did God create the earth in six days because he could? Mm-hmm. Right. You know? Like, sure. I also wonder, too, kind of you talking about how it's a core issue for some people and not for others. Mm-hmm. I feel like I find myself sometimes with things, generally speaking, that I wouldn't, like, for example, this specifically, that I don't consider a core issue. That I'm not, like, n- always willing to talk to people who would consider it to be a core issue or someone who I know is a seven-day literalist. I'm not really always into engaging in conversation about it because kind of, again, what like what James was saying, it's just not worth it to me. Like, it's not a salvation issue. It doesn't really matter. But I wonder if that's created a false impression throughout, um, like, conservative Christian culture or not even conservative Christian culture, evangelical culture in the States that like, if you are a Christian, you believe Mm. in the literal seven day because people don't talk about it altogether that much. Or when you do, it's usually more fiery. You both believe it's a core issue. And so then there's a big rift with it because Mm. of the way it's presented versus just, eh, you know, from one side, maybe you're right, maybe not kind of a thing. Yeah, I I definitely see I definitely see how this can how or why maybe this book slash theory slash movie is kind of small and hasn't really been talked about and I'm and I also like maybe it's wishful thinking to think it could work and maybe it's it's confirmation bias but yeah thanks for letting me bring this up in the middle of space I know it's kind of doctrinal but as we heard in the last episode. You can have a doc- doctrinal statement about space, like when it comes to space force. You know, like it's there. It's the new cult. It is. <laughs> what is it? Wait, wait, wait. Space. Space power. Power. Space power. Space power. <laughs> like all power to all the space. All power to all the space. With that, I'd like to close with a final line from the scene in the movie where they explained this theory. So here's the the transcript from that the end of that scene. I think what I find most amazing about this is the uncanny brilliance of biblical Genesis, which is presented to us in such a way that mankind had to evolve to its current level before we were able to understand the story as it was originally written. That's it. And once again, you've reached the inconclusive end of the inconclusive podcast. Sharing is caring. If you liked this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Inconclusive Podcast. Talk to you next time.